Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the one and only Media Bias Factory that is 35 years old and yet still bringing the heat against that badly named mainstream media. My boy Ben and I are recovering from our early Christmas present. Mrs. Graham found some hot end zone tickets to the Packers-Commanders game yesterday. We were close enough that I could have yelled at Aaron Rodgers in the end zone, Hey, earn your money! Well, we had great fun despite our Packers losing. We're spoiled as Packer fans, but not quite Veruca Salt spoiled. Hey, Daddy, I want an Oompa Loompa. I want you to get me an Oompa Loompa right away. All right, Veruca, all right. I'll get you one before the day is out. I want an Oompa Loompa now. Can it, you nit? Our focus today is on Carrie Lake election denier. We have told you that it's common in every election cycle for the networks to find a Republican candidate or two that they want to nationalize and then smear on the entire Republican Party everywhere. Like in 2012, it was Congressman Todd Akin, and he said something about how pregnancy doesn't really happen in rapes. And then that was enormous. And then the networks did 100 minutes between the three of them. In the last few weeks of this campaign, we've seen Herschel Walker emerge as one of those targets. They're running around saying, did you pay for the abortion? Did you pay for the abortion? Yeah, the people that are saying that want the government to pay for the abortion. And now it's obvious that on Sunday shows, at least, Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake is now a top target and a national representative of the entire grand old party. Now, what happens in this pattern of bias is that the Democrat opponent in these races is getting a windfall of free negative advertising against their opponent. In 2012, in Missouri, Claire McCaskill manipulated the GOP primary to get Todd Akin as her opponent. And then she got all the free attack ads on network news about Aiken on abortion and rape. These networks spent no time questioning Senator McCaskill on her views on abortion. Does Aiken sound extreme? How about Claire McCaskill? Is she extreme? Nobody cares. Let's take you back to my 2013 book with Brent Bazell. It's called Collusion. In there, we noted that the Aiken gaffe came from a local news interview in St. Louis with a Charles, or C.D. Jaco, who is a former CNN reporter with all the objectivity and integrity you can put in that. Jaco hounded Aiken on abortion and rape. We reported in the book that two weeks later, Jaco interviewed Senator McCaskill. No such grilling. Jaco asked her, would it be unfair to describe you as pro-choice? She said no. Uh, Before that, Jaco had characterized her as a centrist Democrat, which is a lie. Jaco followed up with, so when you heard Congressman Aiken's comments Were you taken aback, or how did it strike you? Now, her honest answer would have been, 
yeah, this is why I manipulated the GOP primary so this guy could be my opponent. Now, none of these networks, we're going to go back and note McCaskill voted 100% of the time with the Planned Parenthood crowd, with the NARAL pro-choice America extremists. She is an extremist. She's for abortion at all times. And don't let the independent fact checkers tell you otherwise. This is one of the ways the news media are ridiculous on abortion. If you're against killing babies, you're an extremist. If you're for killing babies at all times, you're not an extremist. That is the sensible position. So it's a sensible extreme. So it's not really an extreme because it's where everybody should be standing. Same pattern this year. The media are hounding Herschel Walker, running around, saying he's embattled when they're doing the embattling. And they're doing no attempt at accountability in Raphael Warnock. They're hounding Carrie Lake, and they're going totally soft on her Democrat opponent, Katie Hobbs. Now, I wouldn't want to be characterized, if I was running for office, or in general, I won't want to be characterized as an election denier. I don't believe anyone has proven Trump really won Arizona or any other state that he actually lost. But the liberal media has weaponized this phrase, election denier, in a way they won't use against the Democrat members of the January 6th committee. Benny Thompson, not an election denier. Jamie Raskin, not an election denier. When they actually were, they're not questioned about that. On ABC's This Week, with George Stephanopoulos, it wasn't Stephanopoulos on Sunday, it was Jonathan Carl. Well, he got an interview with Carrie Lake. It was very contentious. He wasn't going to talk to her about immigration or abortion or inflation or wokeness in education or crime or any other issue that might matter to the voting people of Arizona. Now, to be fair, in this show, Carl also interviewed Sean Patrick Maloney, Democrat congressman who's running the House Republican or the, the House Democrats' campaign efforts. He also didn't ask Maloney about any of the issues. He just asked him horse race questions. Where is Biden going to appear? How do you guys think you're doing? He didn't ask Sean Patrick Maloney about where they stood on immigration, how they were doing on abortion, whether they were extreme. Well, when it came to Carrie Lake, Carl hounded her all about, you're a Trump echoing election denier. And then they constantly said, this election denial is dominating the GOP. Carl led off the show by summarizing, for Lake and others, repeating Trump's lies about the 2020 election is a defining issue. It is absolutely a defining issue for them. This is the way they want the election defined. You either vote against the Republicans or you're a liar. You're an election liar and an election denier, and you should be ashamed of yourself. ABC's objective here is to scare voters about the dark dystopian future of America under Trumpy Republicans. Now, in the first segment with Carrie Lake, he kind of, Carl presses her about whether she'll actually serve her term or whether she'll be Trump's running mate in 2024. Listen. Even Carrie Lake is talking less about 2020 now, insisting it's a, quote, media obsession. But election lies have propelled Lake to stardom among the Trump diehards. 
leading to growing talk that she could be Trump's running mate in 2024. My, my question is, if you're elected, will you commit to serving all four years as governor? I'm going to serve eight years as governor of Arizona. But I'm asking, is that a commitment that you will, yeah, you will finish your term? Listen, so even if Donald let, let, Trump comes to you and says, I want you to be my running mate, you will say no because I've made a commitment. I, have, I just have to laugh at this question. First of all, that well, I'm, I mean, not, I'm, not, I'm not asking because I think you should be his running mate. It's just that this was something written in National Review. And one of your top supporters, I, I won't say who, told me just a couple of days ago, she's the running mate if Trump, if Trump runs. So I, my okay. question was just a simple one. Okay. Who I just, I'm, I'm hearing this a lot on the campaign trail. Yeah. And what I think is happening, Jonathan, yeah. is the media is trying to scare the public that I'm going to leave. I am devoted and dedicated to saving Arizona. All four years. To turning it around. And I like to say, I'm the, the fake news is worst nightmare. I'm going to be their worst nightmare in Arizona for eight years. I'm going to have two terms as governor. Now, that is the Carrie Lake selling point to rock-ribbed Republicans. I am fake news's worst nightmare. But obviously, when you watch ABC, she could also be described as fake news's poster candidate. This is the woman they all want you to think represents all Republicans. Does she represent all Republicans? Are all Republicans denying Biden is president or that uh, Trump really won Arizona? Does that represent every Republican? They don't care. They never care. They want to define the Republican Party as one thing. Actually, of course, the big thing Carl was trying to do here was to say, well, there was a responsible Republican Party who managed this election correctly, and they're getting death threats and Carrie Lake's on the other side. Now that, again, it ends up all being very negative advertising for Carrie Lake. That's the way it works. And of course, Carl turned to ABC political analyst Rick Klein to, to say, well, how's it going? She seems to be ahead. And he's like, she is a glimpse into the future of the Republican Party. This is the narrative that they want. John Carl is not going to be honest enough to take on what Jim Garrity points out at National Review. He said once again, the Democrats in the Arizona governor's primary sabotaged her opponent, Karen Taylor Robson, as the Republican primary for governor. Uh, oh, this is this is the statement they put out. Jocelyn Berry, a spokesman for the state Democrats, as the Republican primary for governor continues to stir toxic infighting, the Arizona Democratic Party will always be grateful for Robson's longtime support in helping elect Democrats up and down the ballot. Garrity points out, the Arizona Democratic Party knew darn well what they were doing with that press release. Carrie Lake was a registered Democrat from 2008 to 2012. They could have just as easily spotlighted that fact. But no, they wanted Carrie Lake to win. This is the irony of these people, is that they rooted for these candidates that they're now running around doing screaming negative reporting on. Like, yeah, they, they play both sides of the fence to get Democrats elected. They're not honest people. They will flip and flop. They have no media ethics whatsoever. In this show, they had uh, on, on scene in Arizona... Mike Pence aide Mark Short and Democrat shill Donna Brazile. Donna Brazile 
took a hit from Kevin Tober when she made a big deal on the show about how this was still Jim Crow. That's ridiculous. And we're all tired of it. And if the Democrats get shellacked, as we expect on election day, can we say we're going to make them eat Jim Crow? Because they should. So Carl's harassing Mark Short. He's underlining that Mike Pence never officially endorsed Carrie Lake. And Mark Short has to say, well, he endorsed the ticket. He's trying to say, Mike Pence is for the Republicans winning these seats. But you have to ask yourself, as we've pointed out, where on earth is Democrat Katie Hobbs in this whole thing? Carl's spending the whole show ripping Carrie Lake and doing stories on scary Republicans. And then with like 10 minutes left in the show, oh, here comes Katie Hobbs. John Carl had an interview with Katie Hobbs, but you get this one snippet, just one tiny feint towards some kind of balance or fairness. John Carl is willing to note liberals had a fit in 2018 that in Georgia, Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State while he monitored his own race for governor. A journalist could certainly say, that suggests, you know, you should probably recuse yourself when you are running for statewide office. That may be a reasonable thing, one party or the other. He's trying to say in this case, he's suggesting to Katie Hobbs, well, wouldn't this apply to you? On the certification, there, there, there will be a perception of partiality because you're running. So will, right. you, will so you say, I'm not going to be a part of that and leave it to somebody we're else? We're having these discussions right now. I don't want to talk about a hypothetical. We don't know what the outcome of the election is going to be yet. Well, we know there will be an outcome, and, and you are. The Secretary yes. of State traditionally would be certifying it. So Yes. Uh, well, um, what, what I think is really important here is that Carrie Lake has based her whole campaign on these election lies, and we know she's going to do that again if she loses. So, Donna, she does need to recuse herself, doesn't well, look, she? She's running a really good campaign, a very professional campaign. And, you know, Mark talks about uh, the border, talks about crime. You go on Katie Hobbs' website, you know, she gives real good problem-solving solutions to everything from the border to the housing crisis to the water shortages. With regards to whether or not she'll distance herself, there, there are people on her staff that's really helping to conduct this election while she runs for governor. So I don't think she has to, to to say much more. So what you get here is you get a tiny bit of Hobbes and then you get Donna Brazile saying she's the greatest thing. It's perfectly biased then when Carl somehow, well not mysteriously, fails to ask Mark Short's opinion on Katie Hobbs. Oh no no, we don't need a Republican counterpoint on what Katie Hobbs does wrong. We've spent the whole show ripping Carrie Lake. And now we have Donna Brazile saying, oh, Katie Hobbs, she's very professional. All Mark Short gets is, ha ha, your boy didn't endorse Carrie Lake. Carl's gentle clip with Hobbs lasted 27 seconds. But John Carl's contentious clips with Carrie Lake added up to about three and a half minutes in two chunks. Now, that's not counting. The Republican election, the Republican election monitors who can't stand her um, who are who are getting the death threats, and it doesn't count Carl underlining how wrong she is, boom and boom, and she's wrong and she's lying and she's every fact and organized among men shows she's wrong. So the Republicans get all the aggression, and Carl thinks somehow, well, he's balancing that out with a minute on, gee, maybe Secretary of State Hobbs should have accused herself. 
We saw a similar kind of thing on Meet the Press. Brent Baker made the clip. The dominant guest was Liz Cheney. Do you think Liz Cheney was going to be pressed like Carrie Lake? <laughs> no, because you. the way to think of this is Liz Cheney is basically a Democrat now, and she's going to get the kind of questions the Democrats get. Chuck Todd screams at Ron Johnson. Liz Cheney's getting the kind of treatment that a Biden person would get. So Chuck Todd has to ask, oh, we're so discouraged that Glenn Youngkin would appear next to Carrie Lake and say that Arizona deserves another Republican governor. This is horrible. You brought up Carrie Lake. Uh, I want to play for you. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was campaigning with her. He was specifically asked by my colleague uh, Garrett Haig about your critique of Republicans that were campaigning with Carrie Lake. Here was his response. I believe that every state deserves a Republican governor and Arizona deserves another Republican governor. A lot of Republicans in the last three weeks that I would describe as uh, empathetic to what you've been doing have suddenly found themselves deciding, hey, party over country. What do you make of those decisions? You know, I think they they are really indefensible decisions. And, uh, you know, I've said I think that uh, Glenn Youngkin has uh, done a good job as governor of Virginia. Um, but nobody should be out uh, advocating for the election of people who uh, will not honor the sanctity of our elections process. And, you know, people who do that are, in fact, putting politics ahead of the Constitution and ahead of the country. So, okay, the Republicans are for party over country, and the Democrats apparently are never party over country, despite the fact that they kind of hate this country. They certainly hate the past of this country. Well, at Liz Cheney's like, Glenn Youngkin backing Carrie Lake is indefensible. And then the next question from Chuck Todd is, this, whatever it takes to win, winning trumps everything, how do you blow that up in the party? So he asked Liz Cheney, how do you blow that up? I think we should not be using violent metaphors, Chuck. And Liz Cheney uncorks more of her usual yada, 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 lecturing about the integrity of the Constitution, as if her joining the Democrats, like the Democrats, are staunchly pro-Constitution? These are the people who are basically for, let's destroy the filibuster, let's destroy all checks and balances, as long as they're impairing us from pushing the Democrat agenda on everything. This whole interview... Well, almost this entire interview was puff, 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 puff. You know what? Question's not going to be asked of Liz Cheney. Um, polls show nobody really cares about your committee, and they, and they don't think you've accomplished much of anything. Polls show that most people think they can't expect a fair result from your committee because it's stacked and jacked and Pelosi picked. You know, that question's just not going to be asked by Chuck Todd because he's in the tank. He's DNC Chuck, and don't listen to liberal Twitter when they suggest Chuck Todd somehow auditioning for Fox. So in this network environment, they present Carrie Lake as the nightmare Republican, and apparently Liz Cheney is the dream Republican. The dream Republican only attacks other Republicans and not the Democrats, the dream Republican is just as clueless as the media about how nakedly partisan the January 6th committee looks. Now, when the, um, when the media loses, because, I mean, let's face it, the media want the Democrats to win. So if the, if the Democrats lose, the media loses. 
they will not be honest in trying to assess why this has happened. In Arizona, Katie Hobbs did not get a question from Jonathan Carl about why she's avoiding a debate with Carrie Lake or why she avoided a debate with her Democrat opponent, Marco Lopez, in the primary. There's not going to be any of that. At least Dana Bash asked Katie Hobbs about refusing to debate. But it's really kind of funny, um, if you missed this, that I wrote a column about this, is just the way that how energetically and aerobically Katie Hobbs is trying to avoid any confrontation with anybody who disagrees with her on anything. I mean, apparently this is the career of Katie Hobbs, but it's really, really sad. And here you have Carrie Lake. She's taking on these people. She's taking on John Carl. She's taking on Dana Bash. She's taking on hostile reporters all the time. Katie Hobbs can't handle reporters who are going to be on her side. Here's what happened in Arizona. You know, Hobbs rejected the traditional debate that's run with Arizona PBS and something called the Arizona Citizens Clean Elections Commission. Hobbs demanded instead she couldn't handle Carrie Lake. She wants separate interviews for the candidates. Any Sunday show, any local show can have on each candidate separately. Clearly, Katie Hobbs can't stand being toe-to-toe with Carrie Lake. She doesn't want to hear it. She calls it a spectacle. It's a spectacle for her to get challenged. And, And the hilarity of this, again, is this is Arizona PBS. Do we really think Arizona PBS is like Fox News? It's now operated by Arizona State University's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. How desperate do you have to look to not trust PBS and a school named for liberal icon Walter Cronkite? The hilarious part here was Michael Crow, who's the president of Arizona State University, said that Arizona PBS had to interview dis- debate skipping Hobbs because they have to be fair and balanced in all that we do. Well, obviously, this Clean Elections Commission and Carrie Lake were both furious, and now they're trying to organize. She's uh, Carrie Lake's going to do an interview on another station uh, because she's not going to give PBS the time of day now. So here we have it, PBS in Arizona acting like the Democratic Party in television with our tax dollars. Now, when Hobbs came to PBS for this interview, where Ted Simons began by asking about the debate, and Hobbs claimed that Lake threw a tantrum like a high school bully, which showed she didn't have the temperament to lead, at least in this case, Simons mildly suggested that confronting your adversaries is what leaders do. But Arizona State was so protective of Hobbs that the dean of the Cronkite School of Journalism encouraged staff and students to have remote classes after 3 p.m. And they had police there. They had a police dog there like there was going to be some sort of terrorist attack. Now, here's, here's the best part. Since Hobbs is so scared of any questions, it was only natural after she did this interview with Arizona PBS, they allowed her to take a freight elevator to a secure parking garage and reporters, the local reporters who came to watch this interview from a media room, were not allowed to leave the room while she got away. She got in her getaway car. 
Democracy dies in darkness. This just underlines that Arizona State and Arizona PBS are just in the tank for the Democrats and Katie Hobbs. It's probably a good thing Katie Hobbs isn't going to be the governor of a state because you can't be the governor of a state and run away from reporters every time they want to ask you a question. But where are the local and national reporters like Jonathan Carl to stop being Democrats just long enough to insist she needs to take questions from hostile reporters? She needs to take better questions than the namby-pamby ones that John Carl was offering her. You know her in the closing weeks of this election when the network moderators on the Sunday shows are completely in the tank for Democrats. Both of these shows were complaining and complaining about the horrid state of the Republican Party. That just shows you. Whose show is this? The Democrats should be paying for these shows, but they don't have to because that's what the so-called mainstream media is. It's one big propaganda factory. Now, they could prove it any time. We could be like Chris Licht at CNN and say, oh, we want to rebuild trust. No, they don't. Because if they wanted to rebuild trust, they'd do a lot better than what we saw on Sunday. So if you want to check out what's going on in the last weeks of this campaign, you know you can find it here at Newsbusters. Come once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.